for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, all right. Here we are again for another episode of the Fall Podcast. And today's episode is with Blake Wallerman from Illinois. Welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today is episode 142. Today's guest is Blake Wallerman. He is a return guest. I had Blake on, I think, about a year and a half ago. Um, It was episode number 61, I believe. It was about a deer that he named Kevin Bull that he chased for a while, and that's a really cool story, too. So I recommend going and listen to that as well. But today's episode is all about a deer that he calls the Trashy Buck. Now, this buck... At the end of this, when when he kind of spills the beans on what this deer actually is, it it, it blew my mind. So I'm going to wait for you to be able to 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 listen to that, you know, to the end. But what's cool about Blake to me is that Blake really is really passionate about hunting, and he lives in Illinois, like I said, and he's got great ground, and he likes to get deer to a five and a half year old level before he pursues them so this deer that we're talking about today he has been you know had had an eye on this deer for four years he found out about him when he was a two-year-old and then you know basically the deer had the same core area throughout his lifespan here on the farm but we get into that you know his core area and how it shifted and everything and and basically we get into also like how when he decided to go after this deer, how everything just changed. Like, it's crazy how deer do that. It's almost like they have a sixth sense of, like, knowing someone's pursuing them now. But it, it's 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 pretty wild. So uh, this is a great episode. Thank you to Blake for coming on and doing this again. He's an awesome dude. So, um, yeah, this one's going to be fun. Before 
I do get over to that interview. I just want to say thank you to everybody out there downloading and all the kind words um, about the podcast and the episodes. Uh, it really means a lot. So I appreciate that. And don't forget, obviously, go, if you listen to it on iTunes, go to iTunes and and click the five stars if you would and, and maybe leave a little review there. You can type in a little review. It can be anonymous as well. So you don't, nobody has to know it's you. Um, I just appreciate you guys doing that. So thank you very much. And with that being said, I'm going to jump over to this inter- with, interview with Blake and uh, we're going to get into this. All right. Welcome back to the fall podcast today. We've got a return guest, Blake Wallerman. Blake, welcome back to the fall pod. Oh, wow. Welcome back to the fall podcast, man. What's going on? Not much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you back on. You know, last time you and I talked was about Kevin Bull, the deer that you That's were right. the deer you were chasing there, and that was a pretty crazy story. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> that that was a fun one, man. I think that was episode sixty-one. So if anybody has not listened to that, go back and listen to that. It was a cool story. But um, you're back on today because you. It seems like you you know follow these deer for years on end and then you just end up getting it done it's awesome i love like following it on social media and then getting you on here to hear the whole story so i mean what's your deal you just don't want to kill any new deer or you just want to you know make sure we've got them on the farm for three years and then we'll kill them what's the deal with that well um, i like to let them get to five and a half if possible but sure. uh yep my uh, my favorite thing to do is is following through the years you know we try to find their sheds and and figure them out over the years and a lot we have a lot of deer that uh, hang around for a couple years and i would rather kill a buck that i have history with that would score 150 than a a random new buck that scored 170 Um, it just means more to me to to figure out a deer and especially one that i've known over over a set of years yep Definitely. Are you going to be passing up that 170 new buck then if it comes by? <laughs> Absolutely not. No way. <laughs> I was going to say, you are a bow hunter at heart, so. <laughs> that's right. I don't know a lot of people that would uh, pass up a, a, just a newbie 170 that's roamed in, so. <laughs> no way. No chance at all. Yep. Well, let's get into this then. First of all, if anybody hasn't listened to that episode that we did before, kind of give a little backstory on who you are where you're from and uh you know what you do uh yeah my name is blake hollerman and i am from a very small town in southern illinois called dix i am currently a junior at indiana state um i've been bow hunting and and gun hunting since i was old enough to go out there um i killed my first deer in third grade and that's my passion that's uh what takes up about 95% of my time. My, all my friends think I'm crazy for <laughs> how addicted I am to it, but uh, it's just what I love to do. Hell yeah, man. And, uh, I mean, you've got you've got a lot of good, impressive deer to go with your track record, and that's we're just going to talk about that today, one more that you added to the list. So, I mean, let's let's kick it off. Like, first of all, did you name the deer? You got a name yes. for him. Okay, what's his yep. name? We got to know right offhand. <laughs> the Trashy Buck. The Trashy Buck, okay. Yep. So I'm guessing he's just a gnarly old bastard that's just got a lot of stuff, you know, junk junk points and all that. He is. He has a lot of extras going on around his bases down there, so that's how he got the name. Okay. So when did you first figure out this deer? When did you have him on the farm, and how old was he, and, you know, and how long, or I guess what year was that? 
So the first time we ever seen him would have been 2017 as a two-year-old. Okay. What, 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 oh, wow. What was he as a two-year-old? He was a typical eight-pointer um, that would probably score 115. I mean, he was okay. just your average run-of-the-mill two-year-old at the time. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, he was just one of those deer that probably never – I mean, did he show potential? Like, hey, man, another two years or so, this deer could really be something? Or was it like, eh, you know, he's just, like you said, run of the mill, but let's see what he, he might show up into something? I mean, he never really looked like he would blow up into something huge, but he was always kind of unique. Yeah, I mean, okay. He was, just, he, was, he was real tight racked, and he kind of had a bladed G2 and, and a little bit of stuff going on on his bases even when he was young. Yep. So he was always kind of a, a unique deer, but we didn't really have – high expectations for him as far as as score wise would go but okay so with that first year i mean obviously he's not even really on the radar then you because he wouldn't even be a deer you'd be targeting but did you see him a lot uh yeah quite a bit um let's see i it was mid-october the first time i ever seen him as a two-year-old and um he was one of the first deer so that was the year that i bought my first ever camera okay and he was one of the first deer that i ever took a photo of from the stand oh that's cool yeah so when he was like what was his core area was it pretty big or you know as a two-year-old they're kind of like little teenagers so they're probably out running around all over like was he a homebody (laughs) or you know was he pretty uh did he roam a lot he even when i killed him he had a huge home range um but everywhere that he went just about we could we could cover whether that was our own ground or ground we had permission to hunt. I got he you. Was, uh, he was on ground that we could we could monitor, but yeah, it was it was pretty big. Okay, so that first year, obviously not on the radar. Coming into the second year, which had been 2018, correct? Correct. Okay, so he'd been you know you're thinking three years old. What was he right. then? Did he kind of blow up in anything? Not really. I mean, he put on. I mean, he made an an average jump. I would say he would probably score 125. Okay. At the time, he uh, he had a little split working on his G2, and then he still had a little bit going on on his bases. But I mean, he still was just uh, you know, he wasn't a super impressive deer. Um, he, I would, you know, I would just call him your average three year old at the time. Yep. Now, was his his home range and his core area stuff like that like? Was it relatively the same? Did he do a lot of the same stuff as he did as a, a two-year-old? Yep. Yep, absolutely. It was just about, I mean, seen him out of the same same sets and had cameras in the same spots. I got pictures of him in the same spot from the previous years. Okay, so you kind of knew going into a couple stands, like, you're going to see, you know, this buck. Like, you just knew he'd probably show up eventually and he was going to be off limits. I mean, was it one thing to where, like, I mean, you you said he's only probably right around Pope and Young, which he didn't make that big of a jump, honestly. I mean, with your deer, year in and year out, I know a lot of deer are different, but do you see, like, what is an average jump for deer around your area? Like, what do you, like, as far as inches go? Um, not like you're, you know, one deer that's, like, just, like, blew right up, but, like, what are the average, you know, 20 inches, 30 inches? Like, what is the average, you think? Uh, I would say from from two to three is usually around fifteen, and okay. then from from three to four around here is usually when we notice them make their biggest jump, which I would say is around twenty, sometimes even more. Um, 
And my dad shot a buck this year that was a four-year-old that uh, scored 162. And last year he was upper 120s, right at 130. Oh, so wow. he made a yeah, he made a pretty hefty jump. Okay, now seeing him as a three-year-old, were you like, okay, three to four, knowing? you know, with past deer is like, could be his big year to jump. Did you, were you ever thinking about him or was it just like, oh shit, here comes that deer again? Or was it like, I really want to see what he jumps into yet? Yeah. I mean, I was, I had no thoughts of shooting him as a three-year-old or anything, but he, uh, just with the way he was shaped and, and the uniqueness that he had, I was kind of interested to see what he would become the next year, you know, to see if the stuff he had going on on his brow tines would just, stay you know an inch long or if it would start to to get bigger and he would put on you know more inches down there and see how big of a jump he would make i was really hoping he'd make a pretty good one yep now was he same kind of frame though like pretty tight still like not very wide yep he's looked the same all throughout his life he was super tight racked and heavy and and decent time length but always just kind of been a basket rack really yep i got you Okay, so anything unique happened to that deer at all, like, in his, that year? Like, you know, you have a lot of encounters with him, but, you know, was he running with a deer that you guys were chasing at all or anything like that? Uh, yeah, the, um, well, at the time, he was running with a buck that, uh, that buck that my dad ended up killing this year. Okay. Um, we had several pictures of them together all the time, uh, but other than that, he was by himself most of the time. I got you. Did you find any sheds or anything off him coming in, you know, out of that, that second or third year? So I have I have a shed off of him as a four-year-old, and then after I killed him, um, my neighbor actually texted me and said that he has a shed of him as a two-year-old that I could have. So. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yep, so I'll, uh, I'll have that one as well. Okay, so coming out of his, I say his third year, but him being three and a half years old, what, mm-hmm. you know— coming into the summer i'm guessing you guys probably had a lot of you know pictures and and stuff of him in the summer like what when he showed up in velvet and everything for his four and a half year old year what was he like was he like oh shit okay now we've got something he so as a four-year-old he put on quite a bit of extra stuff around his bases and uh he got a lot heavier but he still wasn't really you know super impressive or you know something that we wanted the target yet but uh he did make a, a decent jump i mean he probably put on 15 inches okay from three to four but uh still didn't want to shoot him as a four-year-old wanted to let him get to five and as a four-year-old he looked like he had a lot more potential to to put on a lot of inches going into the next year okay so now how many scoreable was he as a four-year-old um, I'm going to say around probably 13 or 14. Okay, so was he a mainframe 8 again, same kind of frame? Uh, mainframe 10. Oh, so he, he threw G4s then, okay. Yep. I got you. So he's a, he's a 10, so he grew two more antlers. Now, you know, anything unique happened that year? I mean, did you see him a lot again? Was he doing the same things as he was the previous two years? Yep, he was, I mean, just about the same thing. Um, seen him quite regularly i mean between me my dad my brother i bet we passed him 10 or 15 times probably oh really okay yeah so now (laughs) i guess i mean a lot of people listen to this are probably like man they're passing a you know a four-year-old that's in the 
you know, mid 140s or, you know, could touch 50 as a, like a 13 point. Like, how, how how do you get to that point, I guess? I mean, everybody's scenario is different. Like, I don't have a lot of the deer here in Michigan running around like you have there. But, like, how do you get to that point where it's like, man, I'm just going to I'm gonna let him – we're going to let him go, you know, and, and just, you know, it, was it like an excitement, like the, the deer just didn't excite you, or, or what, what? what is that? How does that work? Um, so when he was a four-year-old um, – I mean, I just didn't, he just wasn't quite big enough or old enough really yet. And, um, I was hunting a bigger deer. So, you know, he just didn't really excite me yet. And I just wanted to let him get to another year. Yep. Um, so that's just, that's why I didn't shoot him. I gotcha. So, I mean, obviously your brother and your dad are on the same page as well. I mean, if they're passing him up as, you know, also. Yep. Okay. So, you know, his four and a half year old year, you see him a lot. Um, were you ever worried about any neighbors getting a crack at him or were the neighbors kind of on the same page as well, just passing him up? Oh, I was worried sick that he'd get <laughs> <killed>. <laughs> Now, yep, did you ever, yeah. did, did anybody ever, you know, your neighbors, I don't know how close you are with your neighbors or anything, but did anybody ever reach out to you like, man, I had a crap crack at this deer and, you know, it just didn't work out or like anything like that happened? Uh, no, I don't really talk to my neighbors a whole lot. Um, okay. <laughs> they kind of, yeah, they, uh, they kind of switch all the time. I mean, the ground around me has, has sold a couple of times in the past few years or got new leasers and things like that. So, um, I don't really communicate with them a whole lot. Um, so I don't know if, you know, I, I mean, he could have been on their ground all the time and they seen him and wanted to kill him. I'm not sure. Yep. I gotcha. Do you think he was staying on you guys the majority of the time? I would say so, yeah. I mean he definitely reached out to the neighbors, but he was he was pretty much on us quite a bit or ground that we could hide. Yep, yeah, definitely. So now what what year did you kill Kevin? Was that two thousand eighteen? Yes, that was eighteen. So this deer would have been a, his three year old year, right? Yep. Okay, so when you were chasing Kevin, so we're going to go back a year. When you're chasing Kevin, did you see this deer a lot? Like, was he on the same farm, or was he run with Kevin at all? Uh, he didn't really run with Kevin, but um, I did see him a few times when I was hunting Kevin. It was kind of on the, the outside of his range a little bit. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I seen him a few times when I was hunting Kevin. I got you. Okay, so coming into to his four or into his four and a half year old year you see him a lot um did it ever cross your mind did you ever have any encounters with him you were like man i mean he is an impressive deer like i'm, I'm just gonna end it right here <laughs> <laughs> no not really um i mean i've seen him quite a few times and could have killed him several times and, i mean i never it never crossed my mind to kill him i never picked up my bow and he didn't really get me excited so it was uh it was a pretty easy decision yeah well i i totally get that man it's it's same same thing with me i mean if a deer just doesn't get me excited he doesn't get me excited i i totally get that um i just think in your scenario and a lot of other people's scenario out in the midwest too like you know a four-year-old like me when i'm going out of state i'm just trying to kill a four-year-old you know like to me that's you have a unique situation that, that not a lot of people have you got your own ground in illinois I mean, the Mecca, one of the Meccas out there in the Midwest, and you can allow those deer to get to that age, that, which is awesome. I think that's so cool. So um, coming into this year, did you have any other bucks besides him that you were, like, really targeting and wanted to, 
wanted to get a crack at? Uh, so coming into this year, so me, my dad, and my brother usually kind of just pick a buck each yep. and okay. kind of target it. Um, so we had so the trashy buck, and then we had another buck that we called the nine. Um, he was on the same farm as a trashy buck, and uh, so me and my dad were kind of after both of them. The the nine is the buck that my dad ended up killing. Um, so me and him were hunting both of those deer, but uh, he killed that deer October 4th, I think. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, a week into season, and he was, that deer was dead, so that left me with, with a trashy buck. I got you. Now, with that deer, were those deer, those two bucks, like, running together, the nine and the trashy buck? Then, like you said, they were earlier um, when he was a younger deer, right? Right, yep. Okay, so were they running together at all, you know, this year as well? A little bit. Um, not as much as they were when they were younger. Um, they uh, they kind of changed. The trashy buck's home range during the summer kind of changed this year. Um, so they were they were probably they were about half a mile apart as their main core during the summer and the early season. Okay. Now, do you did you ever see a change once your dad killed that deer? Did you ever see a change in you know the trashy bucks demeanor or his range at all? Did he ever like did he start roaming a little more and take on a little bit more now that uh, I'm I'm guessing your dad's buck was probably one of the more dominant mature bucks in the area. So did you ever see anything like? change with his range I, I mean he killed that deer so early that he didn't i didn't really notice much because okay. the trashy buck was still on an early season pattern um he didn't really start roaming much until later in october okay but uh i i mean that could have that could have changed if that buck was still alive you know I would, i'm not real sure how that would have played out but for sure so now coming into the summer this this last summer um, you're getting cameras out and everything. Now, were you, like, was it in your head that before even seeing what he was going to be, like, this is a deer that I really want to hone in on this year? Yeah. I mean, coming into the year, he was he was just about my number one. So I knew that uh, once we seen him this year that I would probably kill him. Okay. Um, regardless of what he put on, really, that I would probably target him. Okay. And you found his shed after his three-year-old year, right? four-year-old year or four-year-old year so, so yep. you you found his shed this last shed season so when you picked up his shed were you like kind of pleasantly surprised like man he's kind of bigger than i thought uh, yes by <laughs> far um my brother actually found it and uh i mean we thought he was a lot, i mean we didn't think he was all that big at all and then when we found that shed um if he'd had matching sides he'd have he'd have been around 140 you know give or take i mean yep. it's kind of hard to judge because of all the extras he's got going on but I mean, he was 10 inches bigger than we thought he was. Oh, wow. Okay. So then you're probably thinking like, well, shit, you know, definitely I want to see the jump he's going to make. So, you know, yeah. you, fo- you found the shed and you're you're thinking he's he's going to blow up into something a lot better this year. Now, like you get your cameras out. What what When are you usually getting your cameras around, out around 4th of July or is it one of those, you know, you keep them out all year kind of things? Um, I mean, we keep a lot of them out for a majority of the year, but uh, we start putting a majority of them out during june okay. july for sure yep and now how long did it take him to show up on camera um so we didn't have a picture of him until i think august but uh we seen him i mean we seen him just about every night during the summer out in a bean field oh really okay so you yep. even had tabs on him just 
by Glasson. Oh yeah, yep, absolutely. Okay, so when when did you lay eyes on him for the first time as a five year old? Uh, sometime in July. Okay, now how <laughs> what did he look like? <laughs> um, he made a pretty good jump. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, the first time we seen him was was right before dark, um, and so it was kind of hard to tell exactly what he looked like, but uh, we knew that he had super, super good mass and that he had a lot going on around his bases and, and that he had put on quite a bit of, of inches. Okay. So you saw him, like, last late. So you really – you probably didn't really have, a, like, a good indication of what he really was other than, you know, being massive. Like, was his frame the same, still tight, still, like, kind of carried the same same frame and just adding things on, I guess? Yep, pretty much. He uh, had the same exact frame, and he was still super tight and massive and had a lot going on on his bases, but we couldn't tell exactly what all he had going on down there just because he was so tight, so everything kind of hid, and then the first time we seen him, it was we couldn't get a super good look at him. Yep. So now, was he in the same area when you started seeing him in the bean fields as he has been the last three years? Um, pretty close. It was uh, a little different. Um, I, you could definitely tell that he was uh, kind of in a, a different location than that other buck that my dad killed. Yep. They had been running together during the summer, and then you could tell they switched. So you're thinking, like, coming into his five-year-old year, he probably probably got a little more dominance on him and probably was, like, didn't like hanging around other bucks, probably, do you think? Yep. I got you. So once he shifted and you saw him, did that tell you guys that you needed to shift your focus on – you know, a different part of the farm and get cameras in different areas or, you know, what was your game plan? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I was really hoping that when we seen him out there that his core area was going to shrink a lot and yep. that uh, he'd be a lot more patternable, but uh, that definitely was not the case. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, we kind of shifted focus a little bit. We, I mean, I that, that was just about the only deer that I was monitoring really. Um, so almost all my cameras and my focus was going on to him. Okay. So coming into October, I'm sure you got a lot of camera pictures of him, you know, as he shed it out and everything. And could you, did you ever get a really good look at him and figure out like what he was, like how many he's, you know, how many scoreable he had and, and get a good indication of what his antlers looked like? Um, I got a picture of him through my spotting scope. That's, uh, that's pretty tight when he's in velvet, um, but he's just got so much going on down there that we couldn't really tell. Yep. You know exactly what he had going on and how many points he had. I mean, we thought he was around like fourteen, fifteen points. Okay. Um, and we thought he was like upper one forties total inches. Oh, so you didn't even think he jumped even that big from the year before then? No, maybe ten inches. We thought. Okay. So you're thinking. Same old story, but he's he's a good deer. I mean, he's five years old, he's mature, but kind of same old story from the last two or three years is he hasn't really, you know, really jumped significantly, you know, like you would normally see in a lot of other whitetails. Right, yep. Okay, so now coming into October, did you have a pretty good indication of where he was, and did you just dive right in? <laughs> um, well, so we had, there's a, a spot, that we have a camera it's like a a funnel with like a an old logging road that goes through it and we normally don't ever go in there until november 
or late October at the earliest, but uh, we had a camera on it and it was super close to where he was coming out in the bean field. And he was still coming out to that bean field quite a bit. Um, and we hung a camera there in uh, early September and we went and checked it. I think it was uh, the day before season. I think it was the 30th of September. And he had been on there in the daylight multiple times. Um, so I thought that I had a, a pretty good chance of killing him early. Yep. And uh, so I got home from school. I couldn't hunt opening day. I had class. Um, I got home from school October 1st, and I drove by a bean field and uh, seen another buck that I wanted to kill out there in that bean field. A new buck? So, um, it was, I mean, we had pictures of him, but, uh, I mean, he wasn't my number one. I just right. thought that he was going to be easy to kill. Okay. I gotcha. So, um, I decided to hunt him October 2nd. And then the next time I went down there and pulled that card on that, uh, road down there, trashy buck was down there in daylight on October 2nd. So if I had just went and hunted him, like I had originally planned on doing, I would have killed him October second. So did he? How much did he shift then from you know in those from that bean field to that road? Like, how far is that? Mm, I would say about four hundred yards, probably from that bean field to that road. That okay. uh, he was definitely bedding super super close to to that road. Okay, so when you got that picture, it was probably a light bulb moment. Like, okay, he's not he's not going to be in the bean field anymore and he's he's more sticking close right to bedding yeah i mean that uh that road was just a, a where he was traveling to get to that bean field but he was coming to that bean field he wouldn't make it there by by dark yep um so he was just traveling through there in the daylight still because it was so close to his bedding yeah so and that's what probably told you too. Like he's got to be bedding close because I got a lot of daylight photos of him right here. Right. Yep. Now, did you have any sets right in there? Yes, um, we have a set on both sides of that uh, logging road. One for an east wind and one for a west. Okay. So now, now the game's on. So like, yep. <laughs> what what do you think in here? Like, it's still first week of October, right? When you found these pictures of him. Um, right. Yep. So what what. Uh, how much time did you put in in those stands or did you have a different plan? Um, so I actually hunted it pretty hard the first two weeks of, of October. Um, but, uh, he switched his pattern and, uh, went nocturnal. Yep. Then beans turned yellow. And, uh, so he changed his food source and quit going out there. So, and then kind of in mid October was, we kind of had a lull where we didn't have a picture of him for a while just because of his pattern switch. And isn't that weird, though? Like, the last two years, you see them all the time, you get pictures of them all the time, and now the year that you hunt them and then you want to get after them, he's, like, gone. He's like a ghost. Isn't that weird? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's frustrating. That's the fun part of it. <laughs> yeah, it is, definitely. So with him switching, I mean, did you think, like, okay, I'm, I'm only into the first two weeks of October here. I really don't want to blow him out, or are you, like, I got to stay on top of him? Uh, so I quit, well, I still hunted in mid October, but I wasn't near as aggressive. Um, and I just kind of hung back a little bit and, uh, all the pictures that we were starting to get of him again in October were from 11 PM to, to 4 AM. So he wasn't really day walking anymore. 
so I still kind of hunted him, but uh, I wasn't very intrusive at all or real aggressive with him. Yep. Now, what was your, like you said, you were you were kind of hanging back, like hanging back. Were you like kind of closer to food and and or you know like what what was your hanging back? I guess like what was your plan? Yeah, just spots that are easy to get in and out of where I could see a long ways yep. on uh, food sources to where I wasn't gonna you know blow out a bunch of deer you know or take a risk of bumping him okay and then it never you never really got to a point do you think that where you you felt like you could move in tight not really um just because i mean we didn't have any daylight pictures of him for for quite a while um and there's a couple cold fronts that come through where uh i got a little more aggressive and, and hunted a, a food plot and that I thought that with a cold front might get him up on his feet, but uh, it never did. Okay, so I guess you never saw him from the stand, never encountered him then? Um, well, not during October, no. Okay, so coming into November, when did things change? You know, like that latter part of October, usually they're up and moving in daylight more because of the does, but like when did his everything change and he started showing up in daylight then? Um, so I started hunting him super hard the first week in November. Um, I never seen him. We, uh, we had a few daylight pictures of him. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe like the fifth, we had a daylight picture of him. So things are starting to heat up a little bit. And then I left on, I believe the eighth to, I had a film job in Iowa. So I left, I think the eighth of November and I was gone for five days so I didn't hunt here at home at all. Um, and then when I got home is when things really started to heat up with him. Okay. So as far as heat up, like, was, did you, did you see him on the hoof yet? Or was it more just all cameras or lighting up in daylight? Uh, both. So I got home, I think it was the 13th of November. And uh, that following morning was the first time that I seen him from the stand. He was uh, searching hard for a doe. And then I seen him. I, I ended up seeing him a total of. Uh, I killed him on the seventh encounter that I had with him. Okay, so, so now, I, to to go back a little bit, what what did you do, like that that first morning there or first day that you saw him in the stand? What what was your stand setup like? Were you on food? Were you on bedding? Did you get aggressive? Like what was your what was your thought there? Um, so I was actually hunting the same spot that I was hunting him in early October there on that uh that log and road funnel okay um and i seen him about ten thirty in the morning he was cruising for a doe and uh he went up into a thicket where he was where a lot of does bed and uh <clears throat> i figured that if he went up there and he didn't find a doe that he would he would come back by down that logging road you know looking for another one yep but uh, I never ended up seeing him again, so I assumed that he found a doe up there. <clears throat> and uh, so the the next day, I really wanted to get up there in that thicket where uh, where he ended up going, but the wind was wrong. So I hunted the same stand again the next day, and I did not see him. And then the day after that, the wind switched, and. Um, I was able to get up there in that thicket where uh, I figured that he had a doe. I figured he was locked down up there with a doe. Okay. And so, I mean, it's like super thick. Like, <clears throat> there's a logging road that runs right through the middle of it, 
and uh that's the only way to get in and out of there and we got to stand in there but i mean you can't shoot past 30 yards in there it's i mean huge you know russian olives and i mean it's super super thick and uh so i got up in that sand on the 18th and um actually had him at about 35 yards locked down with a doe uh, in that thicket yep okay yep and uh never could get a shot on him i mean he uh that doe come running in he was behind her and i mean they were at 35 yards and i could i was looking at him through my binoculars through the thicket yeah i could barely (laughs) see him yeah yep so that was uh that made me sick so in in that in that scenario, you said you had a stand up there, but did you hunt that stand, or did you take a stand in and just do like a hanging hunt? Uh, I hunted that stand. <laughs> okay, so now you're thinking like, okay, he's, I mean that's huge to have though, like, you know, a thick area like that that does like to just hang out in. I mean, I'm sure if you would have just parked your ass there, and you probably did. I'm just saying like, I did, yep. You know, yep. like you you're probably thinking like. It's only a matter of time, really. I just got to be here when, you know, as much as I can. Now it's just like seat time. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I knew that the only reason that he was in there was because he was locked down with that doe and he was trying to get her away from, you know, other bucks, get her off by herself. Right. Um, so <clears throat> he had been with that doe for, for two days, um, and then it was the third day that he was with that doe when I seen him up in there. So I knew that he was going to be breeding that doe you know, fairly quickly. And then he was going to be looking for another one. Uh, so I was, I was really hoping he would just find another one in there and he would, he would hang around in there. Yeah. So I just, I just camped out in that tree for the next three or four days. I think it was. Okay. Did you ever see him again? I did not. Um, I seen a four year old high one thirties, one forty inch nine pointer that, um, I, was super tempted to kill but 140 inch nine yep god that's a big nine <laughs> that's a big deer yeah he uh he tempted me pretty good <laughs> oh man so you didn't lay eyes on him you got all these bucks showing up because obviously you're right where all the does want to be it sounds like you know what was the what was the story going into like the latter part of november then because your gun season when does your gun season come in like end of november early december yeah, so we have two gun seasons. We have first season and then second season. The um, the first season comes in the third weekend in November, I think it is. Okay. I don't remember. I don't remember what day that was, but uh, I was a nervous wreck that um, <laughs> I wasn't gonna kill him before gun season, and he was gonna get killed. Yep. So I hunted that tree up in that thicket for the next couple of days. I never seen him. Did you? Okay, then, I got a question for. You. Did you ever think okay. you were burning that stand out, like hunting it, you know, sit after sit? Yes and no. Okay. Um, the wind was right, and then I never bumped any deer getting in and out. That was my main worry. But uh, I got in and out of there clean every time I hunted it, and I never busted anything out. So I was, you know, I was pretty confident that I hadn't really, you know, done any harm. Sure. But uh, after I hunted that stand for a few days and, and I never seen him, I figured that he had uh, went on the search for a different doe. And that's what happened. We got a uh, cell cam pick of him quite a ways from there looking for another doe. And uh, 
So I went and started hunting that stand a little bit, and I didn't see him out of that tree. And then in the next, I think it was three days later, I went back to that same spot that I was hunting during early season and uh, ended up seeing him again. Okay, so now how far is quite a bit of ways away from where you were seeing him when you got that cell cam pick? Uh, three quarters to a mile. Okay, so he's he's roaming. He's looking for that doe. Yep, yep, he I was gotcha. looking hard. So now you go back and you hunt the early season spot on that road, I'm guessing? Yep. And then you find or you see him again. So is it like this has got to be his core area then, don't you think? Right, yep. Okay. I seen him again. He was uh, he was locked down with another doe on a ridge, on a super thick ridge that had been logged. Yep. He was locked down with her. So I seen him one morning, um, and then he took her up further up on the ridge. And uh, that evening I slipped in there where I seen him that morning and, and hanging hunted and uh didn't see him there and then the wind switched so i hunted a different set and the day that i hunted a different set i seen him with another doe underneath the tree <laughs> that i just come from oh my gosh yeah just cat and mouse man you're playing oh, the chess man, game back and forth <laughs> yep yep so now, like, what's your thoughts there? Because I've been in that situation. I've been in it, um, you know, hunting a big deer. That my big deer in Iowa last year was kind of the same thing. It's like you see him under one tree, you know, you got to be in there. You move, and then he comes under the tree that you've been sitting in, and it's like Jesus. You just want to like jump out of the tree, basically. So, like, what was your thoughts? Like, man, I just got to pick one and go with it, or, you know, what was your game plan? Yeah, so I just figured that I'm like, if I would just pick a tree and hunt it, I would probably kill him. But the problem was the wind switched all the time, so I couldn't do that. Yeah. You know, so I had to hunt several different spots. But that's the thing about trying to kill one deer during the rut is, you know, they're running so rampant trying to find does that they're not really patternable. You just got to be, you know, right place, right time. And sure. Be in the tree. So I just kind of assumed, or I hoped anyway, that he would just that a doe would happen to, to stumble by or that uh he would come by cruising for a doe you know i was just hunting spots that he was using you know to go from one side of his area to the other just hoping that he would either be cruising through there looking for another doe or that one would bring him by yep did it ever come to a point where you were like i need to stop jumping around like i just need to hone in on this specific area and just let it happen Yep, um, that's actually how I ended up killing him. Uh, later in November, <clears throat> I was hunting, and my brother, uh, he was driving around, you know, scouting, and he's seen him, you know, right by our house. He's seen him crossing the road right in front of him. And uh, so I went and hunted a stand where we had had some daylight pictures of him and seen him again one morning. And then, so that's, I just kind of decided that if I was going to kill him, it was going to be out of that area right there. Yep. Okay. But gun season's coming too, right? So you're probably, you know, shitting bullets, like, you know, please stay here. <laughs> Don't yep. roam, <laughs> roam anywhere. Yep. I'm a nervous wreck. Yep. So coming into the first gun season, you know, did you gun hunt that first season? I did. Yep. yep. Any, any luck then? 
Nope, never seen him once. Oh, I'm guessing every gunshot you heard, you were like cringing. <laughs> every, yep, every shot I heard turned me inside out. Oh, were you ever like trying to figure out, you know, after that gun season, like, okay, or or did you ever get pictures of him? Because your gun season's only three days long, the first season. Yep, right. Yep. So Friday did you ever get any pictures in those three days, or get verification after gun season that like he's still alive? Um, we had no pictures of him during gun season, and then. It was a few days after gun season. I seen him again. Oh, so, yeah, yep. So I knew he was. I knew he was alive. Yep. You can you can be off suicide watch. <laughs> yep, yep. You're exactly right. <laughs> so, uh, you how many days in between gun seasons do you guys have for, you know that because you have that first season, the second season. How many days in between are there? Like five or six days, or is it more than that? So there's a week in between them. So it's gun season, and then you got a week with a weekend, and then it's the second gun season's the weekend after that. I got you. So you're you're probably like, I need to get back out there and get really aggressive now with the bow. But is the rut still kind of going on at this time now? Latter part of November into December. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's not quite as heavy as it was, but it's uh, you know it's still they're still cruising a little bit and and bumping does around. Okay. So what was your game plan? Get right back in that early season stand that you thought and just hope for the best um so i the last time well where my brother seen him was right by our house right by a field and uh there was a lot of does that come out in that field and um so that uh i figured that the late does would be coming in the heat and he'd be out there you know bumping them around checking that field hard for for does and then those those bed right off that field it's yep. uh, there's a super thick draw right there so that was my that's where i was hunting of a morning um hoping he would be in that doe bedding area and i so one morning i seen him he was uh out in that field bumping a doe and uh the following morning i went to hang and hunt where i seen him the previous morning and I turned in the field to park our bad boy buggy. And when I turned into the field, my I, my headlights were in the field, and he was standing in my headlights. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right underneath the tree where I was gonna hunt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that didn't work out. Um, so he or I backed out and crawled back in that stand that I had been hunting of a morning because it was about he was about 175 yards from that tree. Okay. And most of those deer that are in that field come by that tree. They come down into that draw. And uh, so I had a, a really high hopes that I could probably kill him that morning if I could get in that tree without bumping any deer off. Yep. And I did. So I got up in there. And as soon as it got daylight um, and I could, you know, start to see a little bit, I seen him up there on the edge of the field with a doe. So now I is he still bumping her? Like still getting? He is. Okay. Yep. I mean, yep. he's chasing her around and grunting, and he's hard after. Her. And this was—is yeah. this around Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving? This is um, after Thanksgiving. This is about the twenty-seventh or twenty-eighth, probably. Okay. I got gotcha. you. So, <laughs> go ahead. Um, that doe ended up taking him across the field, completely opposite of what. 95% of the deer do. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Just when you think you know everything about deer hunting, you know nothing. <laughs> it's so yes, humbling. Yes, you're exactly right. <laughs> yep. 
So when he runs away, I mean, are you thinking like, oh, I can get down probably now? I know he's, you know, <laughs> the other part of the county. County. <laughs> so he uh, he went across the field with that doe, and I figured he was on the other side of that field. There's not much over there at all. That's why a lot of the deer come to the side that I was on. It's just there's just a little brushy draw. And uh, I figured that he took that doe down in there, and then he was just going to hang out in there for a few days until he bred her. So I just ended up hanging and hunting where I originally planned on that morning where I seen him and just hoping that that doe would, would come out in that field and feed and that he, she would drag him out there. Yep. And did that uh, ever happen? It did not. So I didn't see him for another couple of days. I think it was two days later or three days later. I actually seen him again out of that tree one evening across the field it was the day before our second shotgun season started okay so you're like closing time here gotta gotta get it done <laughs> like you dodged one bullet now i gotta get a get by this yeah. next one <laughs> yeah. so did you get on them that that day then before shotgun season you know what what's that what did you say? I said, did you get on, get on him the day before shotgun season there, the second one? So I just seen him across the field, and, uh, I mean, there's there's no possible way to get on that other side of the field with uh, the direction the wind was out of. Yep. Okay. So I just uh, – I had my gun the next four days, so I had, you know, pretty high hopes that if he would come out in that field that I would be able to kill him with my gun. Okay, so now – are you thinking I just got to sit on this field edge and he'll show up eventually? Yep. The uh, the last time I seen him, he was he wasn't with that doe anymore. He was he didn't have a care in the world about a doe. He was he was just on a straight food pattern. Yep. And he was super run down. So I was hoping that he would just start coming out in that field, eating every night, and try to regain some weight. Okay, so coming into the second gun opener. You get down that field, probably in the morning, I'm guessing. And yep. what happened that morning? Uh, I seen a bunch of deer, but uh, didn't see him. And then that evening was about the same. Um, you know, I mean, I'm seeing around 30 to 40 deer in this field every night. I mean, they're packed in there. Yep. And there's a couple decent bucks, but, you know, nothing to interest me. I mean, it was, especially with my gun, only having, you know, I mean, I had a, a landowner's gun tag, so, you know, it was just our ground. Yep. And if I'd have killed one, you know, I was done for the weekend, so it was it was him or nothing. Right. And what kind of field is it? Is it cut bean field, cut corn field? Cut bean field, yep. Okay. Not tilled under, I'm guessing, because all those deer are still nope. piling it? Yep. There's a lot of volunteer green stuff growing out there. I'm honestly not sure what it was, but okay. uh, that's why they were they were out there. Okay, so coming into that night, you didn't, you, you know, you said you saw a lot of deer, but not him. What about the second day of gun season? The second day of gun season would have been the day that I killed him. Okay, he, um, so <clears throat> morning you get into the same stand, you're thinking? Yep, yep, hunt the same stand that morning. Um, seen several deer again, but, uh, you know, nothing, not him or, or nothing. So at this point. Seeing. <laughs> At this point, you're probably thinking he's dead, right? I'm guessing. I mean, it's in the back of my head. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to come to grips with it, but it's like, okay, right, he's probably yeah. gone. 
Because I'm and guessing you're probably not. I hadn't heard. You're not checking cameras, probably. Not really. No. Yeah. And you hadn't heard I hadn't of anybody heard killing? that many shots. Okay. And so I was. I wasn't too, you know, skeptical about it, but. You know how it goes. Every time you hear a shot, even if it's a mile away, you think he got killed. <laughs> yeah, he chased a doe over to the the county yep. north, and they just shot yep. him. <laughs> yeah. So, you see a lot of deer. Are you sitting all day, or is it just like a morning evening deal? Yeah, just a morning evening deal. I mean, I was sitting late into the morning, and then yep. I'd get back in there early of an evening, but not okay. all day. Okay. So when you get like, what's the weather like too? Are you, are you cold? You got any snow or anything? No snow, it's around 40 degrees. All right, so do you have high hopes? Like, man, it's because it's, that's kind of warm, to be honest with you. I mean, for December, right. too, so, like, hopefully, you know, are you a little discouraged, maybe? A little bit, yeah. Um, you know, it was it was kind of cloudy and super low pressure those first sits I had there at gun season. Yep. And then um that night it kind of cooled off a little bit and it was sunny and, and the pressure was high so i had a little bit i actually had a really good feeling going into that sit that uh it would be a good sit i didn't know if i would kill him but i figured that it would be you know i would see more deer and and more bucks than i had the last couple hunts okay so take us through that that sit like what time did you get out there and sit um so i got out there at about one and uh I mean, there were so many deer coming to that field that they were getting out there early. Okay. And eight or ten does come out at, at like 1.30. And <clears throat> by 3.30, the, the field was, was full. And uh, so I had, I had a super good feeling. You know, you just get that feeling sometimes that it's, you know, that something might happen. Yep. Yeah, uh, I had that feeling. And I texted one of my buddies at about, 335 and i said man i just got a good feeling that i might see him tonight and about five minutes after i texted him that he come out in the field at oh. about 250 yards yep <laughs> is he on a doe or is he by himself no by himself just eating okay and uh so he was he come out of the the corner of the field at about 250 275 and when there's probably 20 25 deer in the field and they were all at about 100 120 yards yep and they all most of them come out the same spot that he did and then they just feed out into the field and go in at about 100 yards and so that's what he started to do i figured that he would just you know mill around and eat around until he got out there to them yep and that's what he ended up doing he got uh i was gonna let him get as close as he could get i was really hoping that he would get 100 yards and i just shoot him at 100 yards yep he uh they were eating around and uh a stupid house cat come out into the field and a couple of does got kind of you know how they do they get kind of nervous oh yeah flip their tails up and high step around and he was at about 140 yards at this point and uh he started to get a little nervous and so I decided to kill him right there. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I'm not letting him, you know, get away. Right. Now, even with a gun, I mean, how nervous were you? I mean, this is this is three years of build up, built up, you know, history. Right. Four. Or four, four years. years. Okay. Four years. Yeah. Yep. Um, when I seen him, I was about to have a heart attack. <laughs> but. Uh, <clears throat> 
<laughs> once he got in range and I knew that I was going to get a shot on him, I, uh, you know, I calm myself down. Yep. That's usually the way I am. Whenever, whenever I figure out that I'm going to get an opportunity, I usually calm down pretty good. Yep. Okay. But until then, I mean, when he was eating around in that field out there at like 200 yards, I mean, my heart was about to beat out of my chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I got the same way this year with a gun in Kansas. When I killed that, that big deer there, I, I dude, you would have thought I shot him with a bow. It was, yep. it was crazy. I love that feeling. I'm glad I still get that feeling. Oh yeah. Yep. So you, you shoot him. I mean, yep. good hit. Did he run off? Drop right there. What was the deal? Dropped right there where you're standing. Oh my gosh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I mean, you get down. You know, you're probably texting your dad, calling your dad, and your brother, and everybody. But like when you get down and walk up to him, I mean, you still like you you have an idea of what he is, but like you you still don't really know how big he is, right? Right. Yeah. So when I killed him. Um, I called my dad and my brother before I got down and my dad met me at the base of the tree and then we walked over there together and uh, when I got down there he had a lot more going on than I thought he did and he was a little bigger than I thought he was. Oh my gosh. So what, like, how many scoreable does he have then? Uh, 20. Holy shit, he's got 20 scoreable? <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, and then... You know, I don't know if you've gotten him scored yet or not, but you thought he only probably coming into the year grew, you know, 10 inches or so, but, like, what did he tape out at? So when uh, when I killed him, you know, we always, me and my brother and my dad, we always guess what he is. Yep. And I said um, right at 150. I said, like, 146 to 148. And yep. then my dad was taping him, and I was writing down the measurements, and I added up the right side. And I'm like, oh, dang, he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. And he uh, <laughs> out at 162 and 5'8". Holy crap, man. And how yeah, wide is he? He's only, what, 14 inches wide? 12 and a half. Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> literally a basket rack. You literally could say I shot a basket rack 20 point. That scored yeah, 160s. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Dude, what what was it again? 166? 162 and 5.8. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah, me too. Pleasantly surprised. So is that is that your biggest deer so far? Uh, no, it's not. My, okay. Uh, my, my biggest is 172. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Man, I'll tell you. And, like, the thing is, so just kind of going off, and I don't want to bring up the deer that I just killed in, in in Kansas, but we have, like, he broke a lot off. But, mm-hmm. you know, with his, we've got a whole bunch of pictures with him with, you know, complete side and everything. He had 14 scoreable, but he was almost 17 inches inside, but he had huge bases, and he scored once, like, right at 160. Like, those are two totally different deer. I mean, obviously you got more points too, but, wow, I would have never guessed that after seeing the pictures. I mean, he's a giant deer, but that's, that's huge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, super deceiving deer. I mean, until you really get down there and and look at everything that he's got going on. I mean, he doesn't. I mean, still, I look at the pictures and I'm like, he does not look that big to me. Wow, that's crazy. How I mean, big were his we're bases? Always, uh, one of them was seven and a half, and the other one was six. Oh my gosh, I never thought I'd 
like six and a half. Mine had six and a half, and I'm like, that's big. And yours is over seven. <laughs> Holy yeah, I mean, crap. I couldn't get my hands. I mean, it was there was an inch or two of, of gap between my fingers on on that one side. Dude, what a toad. Yeah. So do you think you still think he's uh, five years old? Yep. Okay. Yep, I would say so. Yep. Man. So then do you think with his four-year-old, how big he was as a four-year-old, do you think he still scored – you know what you thought as a four-year-old or do you think he was a little bigger um so me and my brother scored the shed that we found yep um i don't remember what it scored exactly but uh if he'd had matching sides he would have been right at 140 okay um so he i mean he made a a pretty pretty good jump yep so he put on 20 you know probably a little over 20 inches that's that's crazy yep which we didn't think he did i mean we thought he put on you know 10 yep yep well, good deal, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on and doing this again. And uh, um, like I said, hopefully we'll be doing this here soon again. Yep, absolutely. I hope we are. <laughs> well, good deal, man. Good luck the rest of the season, and thank you very much. Yep, thank you. All right, there you have it. Another great episode. Super excited about that one. I mean, a deer that's 12 inches wide, I mean, literally a basket rack 20 point that scores 162, that is unbelievable, unheard of. Like, Anybody out there that is listening to this podcast, if you have a deer like this or a unique deer like that that's just, you know, unheard of, shoot shoot us a DM on Instagram or on Facebook. I'd love to see the pictures of it, and we'll share them if you, if you guys don't mind. But, like, I would love to see unique deer like that. I mean, literally, I'm, I'm sitting in my deer camp right now, and I'm looking at a whole bunch of bucks that are 12 inches wide. That might score, like, 110. Like, that's your run-of-the-mill eight-pointer. This deer scores 12, he's a 12 inch wide deer, scores 162 and he's a 20 point. I mean, come on. That is like one of the most unique deer that is so cool to me. I love that. That's what I love about whitetails because none of the two are the exact same. So that's, that's awesome. So awesome, awesome, awesome. Very cool. So thank you to everybody for all the support. I'm going to stop rambling here. Appreciate you guys listening to this and, um, Yeah, go and leave a five-star rating and leave a review on iTunes if you would, and please tell a friend about the podcast. So thank you very much, and we'll be right here next week on the Fall Podcast. Thanks, guys.